the Digging Deeper podcast, hosted by 4constructionpros.com and covering various aspects of the construction industry, including the equipment, people, companies, and associations making it all happen. My name is Becky Schultz, editor of Equipment Today. And in this episode, Richard Branch, chief economist at Dodge Data and Analytics, shares the current construction outlook and how a major infrastructure investment plan could be a game changer for the industry. He addresses questions about what the plan could mean to various industry segments, as well as the hurdles ahead that could impact its passage. Let's dig in with Richard now. Richard, thank you again for joining me. Uh, I really appreciate your time. Um, and I, I know just to get us started off that um, Dodge Data held its first quarterly industry outlook on March 4th. And I was hoping that you could give us a quick kind of synopsis of what you see as the current conditions in the construction industry and given the current situation, what kind of an outlook Dodge Data has going forward. Sure. Well, well, thank you, first of all, for the invitation to speak. It, it's great to talk about this subject. Um, in terms of the overall economy, the, the U.S. is quickly crawling its way back from the depths of the pandemic, led by an increasing portion of the population being vaccinated, as well as increased uh, federal stimulus. In terms of the overall economy, and I think this sets the table for what we can expect in the construction sector, but in, in terms of the overall economy, we expect it to be back at its pre-pandemic level by the midpoint of this year, which is pretty remarkable considering how the second quarter of 2020 in particular, uh, how negative that quarter was. Now, right. un un unfortunately for the construction sector, our industry is, is struggling to gain traction uh, on the non-residential side, whether that be non-residential buildings like commercial properties or schools or even into infrastructure. That activity is lagging due to either uh, an overhang in supply and a, a growing budget gaps at the state and local level or uh, rising material costs. Uh, material costs are, are gaining, uh, accelerating rapidly over the past few months. There are bright spots though. Uh, a single family and warehouse construction continues to, to post solid growth. But I think overall for 2021, I, I, I think the key word I used during the March 4th webinar was stability. Uh, we'll see stability this year and I think we'll start to see an acceleration in growth uh, in, in 2022. Well, after the year we've just come off of, stability is not such a bad thing. That's exactly right. <laughs> right. Um, now, one thing that we've been hearing a lot about, um, obviously throughout the election cycle, but now even after um, the administ new administration has come in, um, the, the discussion of a $2 trillion infrastructure plan um, and its ability to be able to propel the U.S economy even further forward and obviously the construction industry. Uh, I know details on the plan have not been fully um, released at this point, but what are you hearing in Washington about um, the potential opportunities there and its impact uh, really to, to maybe push the construction industry forward a little more quickly than what you're currently predicting? Sure, uh, you're right. This could be a, a $2 trillion program uh, centered on, on infrastructure would, would be an absolute game changer in terms of our forecast. 
though, appear to be happening behind the scenes. Uh, we know the president has been meeting with legislative and industry leaders. Uh, and in late February, the Senate Environmental and Public Works Committee started to hear, started their preliminary hearings uh, with witnesses sketching out the importance of passing an infrastructure bill sooner rather than, than later. And I would expect that once we see that this next COVID relief bill signed by the president, uh, that we'll start to see more of, uh, more of an effort, more energy put towards uh, getting this infrastructure program uh, put out there. Yeah, and that, that sounds like a very positive prospect. Uh, I know that the details aren't out there obviously yet, but there have been concerns um, that have come forth from the tra transportation side of the construction mm -hmm. industry that there ha that has been so much focus on green initiatives that it's forcing the transportation sector, the surface transportation into part of the, the equation to take a back seat to that. Do you think that that is actually going to happen? And, um, and, and really, are there certain sectors that could benefit more than others with this particular plan that's, that's been um, at least put out as, as a possibility? Yeah, that, that's that's an interesting point, and it's 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 a good question. I, I think though that transportation will be a key component of the infrastructure bill. It's one of the few topics I think where there is broad-based bipartisan and bicameral support for for action. So I think minimizing its role, I think, would certainly make it difficult to garner the support it needs in the Senate. Uh, green initiatives—that's that's a pretty big umbrella, though. I, sure. I do I, I do think that that uh, we'll use the term green initiatives. I do think there is some positive role there for construction, whether that's through utility scale renewables like wind and solar, uh, whether that's through dollars put towards making buildings more energy efficient. Um, that could support that could uh, provide support to the construction industry through renovation dollars. Uh, other areas, uh, environmental public works, uh, water and sewer in particular, uh, could be a particular winner. Uh, broadband internet uh, would be a boost to the construction industry too, whether that's through the actual building of trenches and laying of cable or through data center construction. Data centers have been a key area of growth in, in terms of the construction sector. We could even see dollars put towards the healthcare industry um, in, in, in terms of, of, of providing more inpatient bed counts, uh, something that the pandemic has kind of laid bare, the, the lack of surge capacity in, in the nation's hospitals. Right, absolutely. Obviously, it sounds like the, the Build Back Better plan or whatever variation comes out of Congress could have some substantial impact on the construction industry overall. Um, if you factor that into the, the outlook, what, what is, how does that change what Dodge Data is currently projecting? How, how might that the industry move forward in a different light compared to where it stands currently? Sure, I'll repeat the phrase that I used earlier. It could certainly be a game changer. Sure. Even if you assume that half of that $2 trillion makes its way through Congress and the president signs it, that would dwarf the monies provided to infrastructure back in the wake of the Great Recession through the era funding. Uh, in, in terms of timing, though, I think this is where we need to, to get our expectations set that in terms of timing, we probably really wouldn't see much of an impact in 2021. Um, if you assume that, that the president introduces a bill towards the late March, 
um, th that it, it would take probably most of, of April and into May for Congress to, to work on it, then back to the president, so that you're looking at maybe passage sometimes towards the end of Q2, maybe into Q3. So the impact this year would be, I think, pretty minimal, right. much more impact in, in 2022 and beyond. In terms of dollar impact on our forecast, I think it is a little too early to say yet. We, we really need to see what the, the line item spending is going to be on, on say, you know, the transportation side, the transit side, as well as the environmental side on water and sewer. Do you think that this, going back to your term, stability, the stability mm -hmm. of knowing those dollars are in place could help to bring more confidence to the industry in other segments that maybe aren't directly impacted by a, a legislation such as this? Oh, absolutely. There, there's a, a strong psychological element there of, of knowing that while the dollars may not be ready in 2021, come 2022, that, that the spigot will be opened and, and will be ready to move forward. That That is certainly, again, that psychological boost after the year we had last year um, would be an immeasurable impact. Right, right. So looking at, you know, obviously we're talking a very large package on top of other very large packages that have been passed um, or are in the process of being passed through Congress as COVID relief. Do you see that as being probably the biggest hurdle is just the, the being able to get another large dollar figure um, program pushed forward or are there other challenges to get this type of a, it, infrastructure investment moving forward? No, you you hit the nail right on the head. I, I think that the, the key hurdle here is political, made uh, more so by very narrow majorities in the in the House and the Senate. Um, sure. You know, that there could certainly be an attempt to use the budget reconciliation process again, um, but that might uh, narrow the scope of the legislation somewhat. Uh, you know, but beyond that, there are hurdles in terms of. Uh, how that money actually gets put down to the project level. Will, will funds be allocated over a short period of time, say a year to three to four years, or will this be over a decade? Longer duration programs obviously mutes the impact on an individual year. Um, what will be the funding formula? Will, will the federal government just, uh, you know, to, to just basically dump a, a truck of money in, in front of City Hall and say, go for it. Um, will there need to be matching funds involved from the state and local level with the, the state of, of state and local budget gaps and, and how tight they are in revenue right now, if they need to come up with matching funds for projects that could certainly limit the impact a, a, as well and lead to overall lower levels of, of investment. Do you, given that we have um, the surface transportation bill coming up for reauthorization in the fall, if this legislation, the, the additional um, investment plan does not get pushed forward quickly mm -hmm. enough, do you think there's a risk there that the FAST Act reauthorization could actually supersede it or impede it in some way? That, that is a real risk, and we actually saw that happen last year uh, when the House passed a sweeping spending bill that included the new five-year transportation plan. It got approved in the House and didn't even come up for a vote in the Senate and led to the eventual extension of the FAST Act through September of this year. And I would offer if, if that replacement for the FAST Act had been, been carved out separately as its own piece of legislation, we would have seen much stronger public works activity this year. Sure. Um, 
you know, if we think back to, to how that legislation evolved, the House and the Senate committees that worked on that in the spring of 2020 had solid support for increased spending, both in the House and in the Senate. In the Senate Public Works Committee, it passed uh, unanimously. Um, so that just gives you an indication of, of the kind of support that's out there, I think, for, for a renewal of, of the five-year surface transportation bill and the need for a, a rapid passage in terms of getting that out there, in terms of getting new funding in, in the books. Right, right. So looking at what the industry is doing currently, obviously there are a lot of different components of the industry that are, are pushing for the additional investment. What do you see as a potential opportunity to, to maximize the passage of additional infrastructure investment funding? Um, what are the opportunities out there for you and me and, and everyone else to get more involved and get this moving forward? That, that's a good question. And I think it's made all the harder by just quite frankly, the increased polarization, not just in our elected officials, but in society in general. Backing away from that, though, I, I think the one thing that the construction sector has always done well is to stay above that fray and work towards unified self-advocacy. As I stated earlier, I think one of the things that most Americans, be they political or, or apolitical, most Americans would agree on is that we need better roads, we need better bridges and water systems and sewer systems. And so if, if we as an industry um, remain positive and lay out both the costs and the benefits of these spending programs in a clear yet passionate fashion, uh, I, I think it will lead to ultimate success. Great. I, I think that's great advice. Um, Richard, thank you so much for joining me. Is there anything else more that you would like to share as far as what you're seeing out there and what the prospects are um, for the industry going forward? Sure, I, I would end by saying again, thank you for, for having me on uh, that, that, that stability throughout the course of, of 2021 leading to stronger growth on 2022. Bear in mind though, that at least over the short term, uh, I would say through the first half of this year, uh, we're probably going to see increased volatility in terms of both the economy and in terms of the construction sector and that we need to be patient as business leaders, but we also need to be very creative and aggressive in our sales plans and our budgeting moving forward. Well, that's it for this edition of Digging Deeper. Thank you to Richard Branch with Dodge Data and Analytics for taking the time to talk with us today. Tune in every week for another episode of the Digging Deeper podcast by 4constructionpros.com. You keep listening, we'll keep digging. Until next time.